Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now, last time we read Genesis chapter 29, and this time we're ready to read Genesis chapter 30. Now, this is one of those times where the chapter break to me seems just a little bit off. Um, at the end of chapter 29, um, the verses are talking about Leah conceiving and having children and Rachel not. Um, the last verse here, again, she conceived and gave birth to a fourth son. This is Leah, Rachel's sister. And she said, now I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then for a time, she stopped bearing children. Now, Genesis chapter 30 is going to pick up from there. And we're going to, it's going to start with Rachel, but it's still going to be involved in the same, um, the same unrest in the household between Leah and Rachel, their sisters, but they're competing. You know, they're kind of competing for their husband's affection. Anyway, it, when you have these polygamist marriages, okay, I mean, this is an example. This is an old style example of why there, why there should really be one man and one woman, okay, which is the way, you know, Adam and Eve started because it creates this stress and this strife and this competition and you know it's not that necessarily they don't still care about each other or love each other but um it does create a certain amount of issue within you know the family and within the unit and as a family you really need to be together and you know and working together um so i look at this as while they managed and they got through this and they they actually did well. I still think that these are examples of problems that those types of um, relationships cause. And we need to, I think that's why we need to avoid those. But anyway, let's move on. This is Genesis chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she conceived no children for Jacob, she envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I will die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has denied you children? She said, Here, take my maid Bilhah and go into her, and when the baby comes, she shall deliver it while sitting on my knees, so that by her I may also have children to count as my own. So she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as a secondary wife. Now here we go. You know, they're involving their maids, their handmaids, uh, kind of creating a concubine type of situation where they're, they're even lesser wives. They're not going to be, you know, true wives. Well, you know, Leah will always be the first wife. Rachel will be the second, you know. And so these others who I guess technically he's not married to, um, I guess they would be secondary wives or concubines. Anyway. So Bilhah, <clears throat> wait, there's no so there, I'm sorry. So she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as the secondary wife. And Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and gave, gave birth to a son for Jacob. Then Rachel said, God has judged and vindicated me and has heard my plea and has given me a son through my maid. So she named him Dan, he judged. Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, 
and gave birth to a second son for Jacob. So Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings in prayer to God, I have struggled with my sister and have prevailed. So she named him Naphtali, my wrestlings. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing children, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as a secondary wife again, you know, a lesser wife. This is number, so she's number four. So Leah's one, Rachel's two, uh, Bilhah is three, and now Zilpah is four. Okay. <clears throat> Zilpah, Leah's maid, gave birth to a son for Jacob. Then Leah said, how fortunate. So she named him Gad, good fortune. Zilpah, Leah's maid, gave birth to a second son for Jacob. Then Leah said, I am happy, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher, happy. Now you notice here, Jacob is not exactly turning these women down. He's, and, and let's face it, as guys, we have a weakness, okay? And let's just admit that and be honest about it up front. We have a general weakness for this type of thing. And here Jacob is, okay, fine, I will have, you know, these multiple wives and do this. Now, one difference, though, I will say in Jacob's defense compared to what we see in modern day a lot, okay, Jacob is well-to-do. He can support and take care of his family, and he does. Um, even here living and working with his uh, stepfather, uh, not stepfather, I'm sorry, um, father-in-law, he still is well-off. He's well-to-do. He can take care of his family. So, you know, it's not like someone who <clears throat> doesn't even marry and doesn't care and take care of their family and their offspring. This is someone who is still taking care of their family and their offspring. Now, at the time of wheat harvest, Reuben, the eldest child, went and found some mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah answered, Is it a small thing that you have taken my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, Jacob shall sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must sleep with me tonight, for I have in fact hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened and answered the prayer of Leah, and she conceived and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. Then Leah said, God has given me my reward because I have given my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good marriage gift for my husband. Now he will live with me, regarding me with honor as his wife, because I have given birth to six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Afterward, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Now this is the only mention that I see so far, and there may be more as we go on, okay? But this is the only mention I see of a daughter so far. So it's like all they're having are male children. 
And this may, I mean, you know, God may be using all this to his advantage to establish because he's going to use these children to create the tribes and establish the nation of Israel. So he is using, you know, using, you know, going to be using this in the future, um, whether or not this was the um, indeed the exact plan and idea that he had in mind. I do not know, because it seems like, you know, um, you know, God uses even our worst mistakes, you know, to uh, teach us lessons and to be a blessing to us and to others sometimes. Um, so it's when I talk about things like that, some people may not understand, but uh, we have free will. We're going to make decisions and do things and we're going to do things that are incorrect at times. But I still believe that God uses those things, even our mistakes for good. Uh, now, it's it's all in how you look at it and at your attitude. Some people take that, I think, to an extreme that is incorrect. But I think everything can be used in some manner and can have good gotten out of it, even if we just learn a lesson from it and move on and know better in the future. We've still gotten some good out of it. Now, that's going to vary. You know, depending on what we're talking about, it's going to vary depending on what it is. And, you know, but most everything has something that we're going to learn or get from it. Now, I know that there are some things that, as far as I'm concerned, when we go through those and uh, and when we lose loved ones and stuff, we're not really doing that to learn a lesson. That is just a part of life. And that's just something we go through. So I really don't mean that to talk about uh, that. That is another subject and just a part of life that we deal with, um, the part of this life that we deal with, that we are not here forever and we do lose loved ones. Um, so in a way, you could say we're learning from that, but that's really not my intent. I'm not really referring to that. Um, that is just a part of life, of uh, this life. Anyway, I'm sort of rambling off topic. Let's get back to it. So afterwards, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. This was Leah again. Then God remembered the prayers of Rachel, and God thought of her and opened her womb so that she would conceive. Now, it never specifically said that God closed her womb, okay? that You could say that was inferred, and maybe I would allow for that, but it never really says that. But here it says, it does say that he opened her womb so that she would conceive. So she conceived and gave birth to a son. And she said, God has taken away my disgrace and humiliation. She named him Joseph, may he add, and said, May the Lord add to me another son. Now when Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Okay, now wait, this is, we're going to change, now we're going to change gears, we're going to move on. I think we're done for the most part talking about the having of children. If I remember correctly, Joseph is the is the youngest and the last uh, male child anyway. Now, there, there could be, if there's other daughters, we will see. Or, or maybe there will be and they're just not mentioned. I, that I do not know. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's worth noting that they went through this almost like a competition. And, and in the end, I mean, you'd really have to say if it's truly a competition. Well, Leah won. There was no way around it. She had what, six children of her own, her maid had a couple, so she ended up having like eight 
Rachel had one and had had some from her uh, maid. Um, how many did she have to her maid? Two or three? So, you know, she had three or four. Anyway, that, that made the 12, right? Or is there one more after Joseph? Maybe there's one more after Joseph. We shall see. Um, I have forgotten, honestly, because uh, there's there's so many of them to, to try to remember, and I'm, my memory is not always the best. So, But this is why we read the Bible, to remind ourselves. All right, so, now, when Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go back to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, and let me go, for you know the work which I have done for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, stay with me, for I have learned from the omens in divination and by experience. Now, this is being added in by the Amplified Bible, from the omens of divination. I don't know if that is a true and just... Uh, Translation. I've never seen it said quite like that. Um, but I would say that they have learned from the signs and by experience. And, you know, the signs that God is with Jacob. So, so I don't know about the omens of divination. That's a strange way of putting that. But so, but nonetheless, um, Laban is saying, I have learned that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He said, Name your wages, and I will give it to you. Jacob answered him, You know how I have served you, and how your possessions, your cattle, and sheep and goats have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased and multiplied abundantly. And the Lord has favored you with blessings wherever I turned. But now when shall I provide for my own household? Laban asked, What shall I give you? Jacob replied, you shall not give me anything, but if you will do this one thing for me, which I now propose, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every dark or black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and those shall be my wages. So my honesty will be evident for me later when you come for an accounting concerning my wages. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and dark among the young lambs, if found with me, shall be considered stolen. And Laban said, Good, let it be done as you say. Now I think some translations may say that differently, but uh, this was I think this was the intent and the end of the conversation, is that Laban said, Good, let it be done as you say. So on that same day, Laban secretly removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one with white on it and all the dark ones among the sheep and put them in the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob. And Jacob was then left in care of the rest of Laban's flock. So, Laban is dealing very deceitfully with Jacob. I mean, that's, that's really all you can say. On that same day, Laban removed. He went through and had all those removed so that Jacob could not claim 
could not claim his uh, his rightful, um, I guess, payment here or wages. And that will explain why we're going to read some stuff now that's going to sound a little, I don't know, a little deceitful or a little wrong. But you have to understand, it's he's not really, he's trying to just get his wages. He's really not uh, trying to get back at Laban. It's just Laban has done him incorrectly. Then Jacob took branches of fresh poplar and almond and plane trees and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white in the branches. Then he set the branches which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, and they mated and conceived when they came to drink. So the flocks mated and conceived by the branches and the flocks gave birth to streaked, speckled, and spotted offspring. Jacob separated the lambs, and as he had done with the peeled branches, he made the flocks face toward the street, and all the dark or black in the new flock of Laban, and he put his own herds apart by themselves and did not put them where they could breed with Laban's flock. Furthermore, whenever the stronger animals of the flocks were breeding, Jacob would place the branches in the side of the flock, in the watering trough so that they would mate and conceive among the branches. But when the flock was sickly, he did not put the branches there. So the sicker animals were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So Jacob became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks of sheep and goats, of male and female servants, and, no, of, and female and male servants. Okay, that was, I just read that in backwards, you know and camels, and donkeys. So here, now, I don't know where this idea came from, or why he did this. I would not, it would not have occurred to me to take branches of trees, and peel them, and then put them in front of the flocks, in the watering troughs. But it must have had some, you know, it had some uh, reaction with the with the animals, and they gave birth to streaked, speckled, and spotted. So thus, Jacob was creating his own wages. And he decided, I mean, well, he did not put it out for the weaker animals, for the sick, sickly animals. He only put it out for the stronger animals, so he would, he and his flock would only have the stronger uh, offspring. So, he was doing this, and, and I'm sure that uh, he was justified in doing this because Laban had dealt with him wrongly. And uh, it's too bad that Laban had not dealt with him fairly up front. They both would have been prospered much better. But instead, Laban really ends up hurting himself by cheating Jacob. And, and that's true. A lot of times when we try to cheat others or do wrong by others, we end up hurting ourselves worse. And it's just not worth the effort. I mean, he had to go through the time and trouble of having these animals, you know, secreted and, and, and moved away and and kept separately. And here, you know, it, in the end, it's going to end up hurting him because his flocks are going to become weaker and not stronger. And, and Jacob is uh, still going to be prosperous and still going to have his flocks. So... Just something to think about and be aware of. I think that's a lesson we can take from this is that you don't want to be dealing wrongly with others because it will hurt you and it will hurt you in some way. Now, I think most of the times it hurts us in a spiritual 
and in other ways, but it can hurt you in a real-world practical sense, too. And I think this is a, an example of that. So this has been Genesis chapter 30. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.